appointment of former Supreme Court Judge S. Abdul Nasir as the governor of Andhra Pradesh seems to have upset a hornet's nest. The plum post and portfolio for a magistrate who was part of the Supreme Court bench for sensational cases like the Ayodhya and Triple Talaq just a few weeks after his retirement was criticized by many, including the opposition Congress. Hi and welcome to Newsbreak, an explainer podcast that breaks down news in a clutter-free manner. I'm your host, Harita Benjamin, and today we are here to talk about the independence of the Indian judiciary in light of some recent events. So today we have with us Supreme Court lawyer, advocate Pramod Purankara to talk to us about the issue. Welcome to the show. Hi. Yeah, so uh, let's just directly move on to our question. The recent appointment of Justice uh, S. Abdul Nasir was has been criticized and uh, it has invited a lot of controversy, right? So do you think the decisions made by the judges during their tenure as, uh, you know, in the Supreme Court or the High Court will benefit their retirement plans in any way? From the recent history, we have to say that certainly it has an implication and an influence over their post-retirement jobs. A study, I think, done by Columbia Law School and uh, Singapore University jointly, they have done a study and it shows that the post-retirement jobs of judges who have given verdicts in favor of government in cases related to the government are the chances of them getting plum post-retirement jobs are 13% to 17% higher than the other judges. Chief Justice Sadashivam, after his retirement, he was appointed as the governor of Kerala. So it was not so innocent as a top judicial officer of this country entrusted the job of the governorship. Why he was appointed? People suddenly jumped into the conclusion that, and we cannot blame them also, like that Sadashivam has quashed the second affair against uh, the present Home Minister, Amit Shah, in the Tulsi Ram Prajabadi fake encounter killing case. So, the people assume that, justifiably they are assuming that there is a quid pro quo. There was a quid pro quo in the case of Sadashivam and Sadashivam had been appointed as the governor of Kerala. And then, then came the case uh, cases of Ranjan Gogoi. Ranjan Gogoi was the chief justice and Gogoi has given a series of judgments in favor of the central government. And most of the cases were very critical for the um, central government politically and uh, constitutionally also they were in in a very critical position so most of these verdicts that were given in those cases were went in favor of central government so Ranjan Gogoi has given the favorable judgments in Rafael case the constitutional amendments the citizenship act amendments and uh, the Kashmir case habeas corpus case in the context of Kashmir bifurcation and uh, abrogation of the special powers, uh, special status of Jammu Kashmir. And in all these politically critical cases and the constitutional cases, uh, Gogoi had given judgments in favor of the central government. Now we can uh, recollect that Gogoi uh, once said that uh, post-retirement jobs of these judges are a scar 
on the judicial independence. Actually, then uh, your lordship forgot all those things after uh, he has offered all this post after his retirement. So we can see that the central government in a way blackmailed Gogoi uh, after uh, he embroiled in the controversy of this sexual harassment allegation by, against him by a Supreme Court employee. So this uh, Abdul Nazir is the latest example. He just retired. Uh, uh, so the speed of this appointment and the gap between the retirement and the new appointments and the post-retirement jobs are reducing very drastically. He retired just on 2023 Jan before and just within 40 days he got the new appointment. So we have to say that the central government is making a bridge to the constitutional court's judges and between them to have favorable judgments for them. And they're saying that you are secure and you will be placed in political uh, sinecure after your retirement if you are not doing fault with us. So this is a grave situation and a dangerous situation for the constitutional and uh, uh, constitutional independence of our constitutional courts. So, uh, Advocate Pramod, I mean, as you mentioned, you've quoted a study to show that, you know, uh, more and more uh, judges who are favoring the government uh, is getting appointed to plum posts. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, even if we are looking at, you know, the Ayodhya verdict and uh, the five, uh, you know, yeah. member bench, which gave the verdict, we can, you already spoke about how Ranjan Gogoi uh, became the member of the Rajya Sabha. And then there was Justice Ashok Bhushan, who was uh, appointed as a chairperson of the National uh, Company Law Appellate tribunal just four months after his retirement in a similar situation as uh, Justice Nasir. So, and then there was Justice uh, Sharad Arvind Bobde, uh, who retired as a Chief Justice and is currently serving as a Chancellor of Law Universities in Mumbai and Nagpur. And Justice D.Y. Chandrachud is also the current Chief Justice of India. So, all of them, you know, are doing comfortably well. So, I mean, without any further comments, we know that, you know, uh, they have benefited from the verdicts they've given time and again. So, uh, now, if you're looking, you were speaking about the Collegium right now. Let's, you know, take the recent appointment of Victoria Gavri as uh, an additional judge in Madras High Court, for instance. Now, despite her affiliations to the Mahila Morsha and the alleged uh, hate speech against minorities, she was appointed uh, to this post, right? So, uh, like, is it, you know, something, and we know on the other hand that appointment of the five judges towards the Supreme Court took a really long time when it shouldn't have, uh, because there are a lot of vacancies in the Supreme Court and different high courts. And there shouldn't be any delay in appointments at all. But there was, they faced an undue delay on that respect. So, uh, like, how do you think, you know, the collegium and the government are working together? Or uh, what are the differences of opinion between the collegium and the government here? So, could you just uh, elaborate on that very briefly? You can say that even from the independent India's first decade, this issue with the executive and the judiciary has started. You know, the first uh, two cases of uh, crossroad uh, case or Ramesh Thapar case are these uh, Bridge Bhushan case uh, that uh, regarding the organizer. So the Ramosh Thapar and the Bridge Bhushan cases, the Supreme Court, the majority of the Supreme Court gave the judgment against the government. That's uh, regard to the freedom of speech and the uh, limit of the central government to control it. And the Supreme Court said that the government has limitations to control over the freedom of speech of a citizen. So 
the majority of the supreme court judges have given this uh, judgment and uh, single i think the single dissenting opinion was given by fazalali justice fazalali so patanjali shastri justice patanjali shastri has written the judgment for the majority so when it came the term of the next chief justice then central government led by pandit jawaharlal nehru nehru was not in favor of appointing uh the senior most judge patanjali shastri as the chief justice of india because he has some reservations about the ideological commitments that uh, uh, shastri is uh, having but the entire supreme court the judges they said that they will and must resign if the central government won't follow the seniority and make patanjali shastri of the cji so then uh, the government succumbed and made uh, patanjali shastri as the chief justice and then for more than two decades the situation didn't have any problem but the government at that time also made this fasalali who justice fasalali who made the judgment in favor of the government in the sense that the dissenting judgment uh, the government made him the odisha governor justice fasalali being made as the odisha governor then he was the uh, azam governor then he, he was the chairman of state reorganization committee so you can see that government favored a judge after his retirement of favorable judgment while he was uh, in the constitutional court that was not an acceptable scenario that we can see and then in the indira gandhi era actually this issue became a very gross one and affected even the running of the constitutional courts and that was one of the lowest period of the constitutional court of india supreme court of india after the keshavananda bharati verdict uh, the supreme court uh, pronounced that gave the verdict that the parliament cannot derail the constitutional framework the basic structure of the constitution through amendments if the parliament passed uh, some amendments that is violating the basic structure of the constitution the court has the power through the judicial review to invalidate it and to declare it as null and void and to restore the basic structure of the constitution that's the crux of that judgment in a way that's a uh, big and voluminous judgment that is having many dimensions and uh, facets but this is the crux that we can say so the next day after i think the next day or two three days after this keshavananda bharati judgment indira gandhi government has appointed justice ayan raya the cja of uh, supreme court of india overriding the seniority of three judges justices shilad grover and hegde uh, overriding their seniority and three of them were later resigned in protest against this so indira gandhi showed that if you are giving judgments against the government against the executive interest the supreme court will be punished and the individual judges will be punished in that way a consultation process a democratic process of consultation though it has many disadvantages and demerits at present we can say that the collegium system they developed is a consultative process so that's why the system formed and uh, that is working now so in the context of this victoria this uh, madras high court judge that's lakshmana victoria gauri that you mentioned is that what are the limitations and the demerits and the disadvantages of the collegium system because the collegium system is judges 
or the senior most judges of the supreme court in aid of high court judges are deciding the judges of the high court and the three senior most judges in the supreme court are selecting the supreme court judges with the aid of in the consultative process that is technical details are there and with the aid of the central government you see the a selective approach by the central government the actually the supreme court collegium had failed to check the backgrounds of this victoria gauri in a way or they have checked or uh, and they might be uh, succumbed to the pressure from the central government where she has direct connections with the bjp and the sankar parivar and uh, her tweets and some of her public posts are not proper for a democratic and secular person and uh, people have genuine doubts that how a person like her will apply her judicial and jurisprudential integrity uh, while working as the uh, a judge of the constitutional court a uh, high court so the issue is that the central government and the collegium now are in a dead end battle like that the central government is asking for the full control and the collegium is not succumbing to that pressure but to an extent we can see that the central government is getting its due from the collegium in most of the cases like you see the case of justice akil gureshi actually the collegium wanted to elevate akil gureshi to the supreme court the central government was not favoring that and they made him the chief justice of madhya pradesh high court with a big high court with two benches so but the central government didn't approve it and they procrastinated all these procedures and then they transferred him to the one of the smallest high courts in india the tribura one so uh, this is akil gureshi case uh, so they have specific reasons because akil gureshi has given judgment against the samit shah modi duo and in uh, the in the recent case when the uh, supreme court collegium has uh, publicly given some of the reasons by the government asking the collegium to reconsider some of their proposals or one that the a lawyer who was uh, proposed by the collegium to be the high court judge uh, his sexual orientation is not acceptable to the government and two other judges were being branded as anti government and they will not give uh, so the government has some reservations about it so you see the government need a political control over the appointments of the judges so that will directly affect the independence of judiciary that's why in, after the taking all the experience till the 1980 the supreme court has developed this collegium system actually the government while the government has control over the appointment of judges how authoritatively and uh, uh, dictatorially they tried to apply their control over the judiciary and it started to erode the people's trust in the judiciary also so the 80s and 90s you can see that judiciary was taking its due and uh, they are getting the judicial independence through their own judgments so um, this is a tussle between the executive and judiciary in a way and uh, this is a tussle between the in a larger sense it's a tussle between the judicial independence and the parliament sovereignty absolutely yeah so uh, i mean there was also an effort by the government back in 2015 right uh, to you know gain greater control through the national uh, judicial appointments commission act yeah, uh, and this was later yeah. struck down by the supreme court so i mean there yeah. are constant efforts from the part of the government to intervene in the judiciary you know from the preliminary stage itself 
and fortunately that has not happened till now but uh, there is no guarantee that it won't happen in the future so is there any way where i mean we spoke about you know the uh, demerits of the collegium system and the merits of the collegium system because it's uh, in a way a compromise between the two right so is there any way we can improve upon the existing collegium system as you rightly said the njc that was struck down by the our supreme court uh, finding it as it is against and it is not uh, running along this basic structure of our constitution that's why the uh, law minister and the vice president and in a sense the executive the governor central government is saying that basic structure doctrine should be declared as invalid or it is not in favor with the democratic system actually they want to override the democratic system that a fragile democratic system that we have so the authoritarian tendencies of the central government is not finding in favor with the basic structure actually we cannot take this problem takes this crisis out of the present political situation of our country every system in a country that every constitutional institution in a country that works can't be separated from the political circumstances and the political realities of the country so if you are talking about 1980s and the 1990s and the two uh, 1990s the situation was different and the present situation is different the constitutional institutions and check and ba- uh, balance system and the independence of the constitutional institutions are in danger so we have to see this situation in a comprehensive way and we have to approach it in that way and the present system is that a memorandum of practice is that if the collegium reiterates their recommendation the government has no other go other than to accept that recommendation but even then what is happening is that government is not acting upon even the on the reiterated recommendations so justice nariman had recommended that actually the uh, collegium has to uh, make a practice uh, establish a practice that government has to take a decision upon all these recommendations or act on these recommendations within 30 days so something like uh, something uh, robust and concrete uh, suggestion or proposal or a practice has to be established by the collegium yeah that would make more sense because you know uh, it's it's like you know the bill which is going to the president you know you can't uh, indefinitely sit on it there should be a mechanism to you know fast forward things and uh, speed up things in a manner which is you know ideal uh, to the independence of the judiciary so i think uh, you know thank you so much for joining us advocate pramod uh, there was a really informative uh, you know session so in conclusion we can uh, you know basically say that the tussle between the executive and judiciary are here to stay for a long time but what any government needs to realize is that an independent judiciary is essential for the survival of any democracy that brings us to the end of today's episode on manorama's award winning podcast news break and explainer podcast hosted by harita benjamin gives you an in-depth analysis of the current news topics in a clutter-free manner with technical support from idea brew studios follow us to understand news beyond headlines